0: The value that each one of you that are listening can have in the life of, of, of spurring a potential career interest of, of our youth in, in the swine industry. Again, many of them don't have that background. But if, if, they, if they have, you know, to the local county fairs that are coming up or the different times of year that these activities are going in, supporting local 4-H clubs, supporting the FFA chapters, getting some exposure to our industry, to the youth and the parents is so important.
1: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swine It podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Gestall. Always one step ahead in swine feeding. Odiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in high quality, safe, and sustainable way. Swine management to the next level. Cloudfarms.com. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Ivonic, we are sciencing the global food challenge.
2: everyone I'm Laura Griner, your host for today's Swine It podcast. And with me today I have Dr. Joel Darushi who is a professor at Kansas State University. How are you today, Joel?
0: Doing well. Thanks for having me on today, Laura.
2: I'm glad to have you on. Joel, I know you've been on our on our podcast before, but sometimes we get some new audience members. So maybe just give a quick background about who you are and what you're up to these days.
0: Sure. Yeah, I work here in the Department of Animal Sciences and Industry at K-State on the swine extension uh, position. I have a research and extension role, formerly did some undergraduate teaching, in the nutrition area with some of our classes, but now i like to say I focus my time with graduate students and producers. So I still get in the classroom a little bit, but less of my time is directly spent on that. And so, yeah, I just work on a, with a group of swine nutritionists here um, in our department and um, yeah, just work with a lot of applied research, work with uh, not only our Kansas producers, but fortunate to be able to do commercial research in other areas of the US as well. and. Really just our goal here is to continue to provide answers for our commercial producers,
1: as well as the allied industry. Mm
2: -hmm. Perfect.
1: This episode sponsored highlight is about AB Vista, an animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a symbiotic, targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact NAM at abvista.com. That's N-A-M at abvista.com.
2: Well, Joel, as you were speaking there, I was admiring your backdrop for those that are watching this through video. Um, if not, I'll describe it to those of you that aren't able to see it. But Joel has a series of pictures in the background. Some of them are with NJSA, some with um, 4-Hers clearly in the show ring, and, and then some other pictures that look a little bit more professional. So um, Joel and I were visiting beforehand that you know we are in that fair season, and, and it's upon us, and rather than maybe talking about swine nutrition today, we'll talk a little bit more differently in terms of extension and, and um, those opportunities that, that sit out there for our young individuals. So Joel, let's just kind of jump in on that. You know, you've got all these pictures behind you. You know, what are your thoughts today on on youth involvement in the swine industry?
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh yeah, rather than talking about enzymes or guilt development today, Laura, we're we're talking about something completely different. I you know, it's an area that I feel, you know, while I spend almost all my time in in the uh, commercial side as well as you know yourself and others at work in our profession you know we certainly value and understand the importance of our youth livestock projects and for our international listeners I know a lot of this you don't you know as growing up or currently you don't even have opportunities for youth uh, from really ages 7 to 18 would be pretty typical in the u.s our 4-h ages to exhibit to livestock and in the u.s we we maybe take it for granted sometimes this has been around for decades and decades even you know my father tells the story uh, in northern south dakota where he lived his first 4-h pig that he got was a yorkshire gilt they ordered out of the sears roebuck catalog and it came out of a train from chicago to northern south dakota and that that started his uh his little swine herd when, when he was in middle school age. And so, you know, these have been going on a long time. And, And I think, you know, in the U.S. in particular, regardless of your involvement, understand the value that it can bring and the potential for those that have that opportunity to participate the you know the balance of of livestock sense of not only just swine obviously here we're going to talk about but just understanding different species and being good stock people and and having a a little bit of ag background especially today you know the majority of our 4-H or FFA members um, you know Aren't from production ag, right? They are maybe from a small acreage. Uh, they may not even have facilities. There, we have several that live in town that have have acquired or have a little piece of ground outside of town to have pigs. And in the bottom corner of uh, I would be my uh, left shoulder probably the way you look right in the bottom down here there's eight pigs and this is a new new two three families that started 4-H pigs this year in my family I have three uh, kids and they've been helping them all year they live in town but have a little found a place where they could put some pigs in our county fairs in three weeks and so they're getting those pigs ready and Good example of exposure to our ag industry and specifically in the swine area that hopefully will foster they may now these are certainly not going to end up in the swine industry, but a lot understand opportunities that could be there. but if nothing else, they are more livestock smart when it comes to general conversations about food, uh, about just ag issues in general uh, with with other folks uh, you know in, in more urban areas.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a great couple of points. And I was I was kind of giggling to myself because I actually was in a meeting last week where somebody's family was international and they were coming to visit and they're going to be here for the state fair after a few weeks. And and they're excited because they said that's, that's such an American thing to do is to go to the fair and, and show. And, and you're absolutely right. We Especially for those of us who grew up with 4-H and FFA, we we tend to take those things for granted, and particularly those opportunities. What are some things? I know we we always talk about the values that kids pick up with 4-H and FFA and, and JSA, but what are some things that you see, particularly from maybe the youth that aren't directly in a farming, you know, business or operation at home?
0: Yeah, you you know, especially in in this trends been there and we'll continue more just as you point out they may not have from a from a traditional or even semi-traditional ag background you know oftentimes their parents may have been from a farm but even more and more now it's their grandparents and that were actually from the farm the parents maybe weren't even raised but they they understood the value of that of livestock or you know 4-H is obviously way more than livestock right only a small fraction of of 4-H and FFA members actually exhibit livestock, but for this purpose, we'll, we'll we'll stay focused on the livestock involved families. And really it comes back to the opportunity to stay connected with ag and whether this was swine or if they, you know, the goat project is one that's just absolutely grown over the last 15 years. Um, you know, in terms of it, it could be anything, um, any of our major livestock species that they just around the animals, and, and and a lot of them, and you see it at Iowa State, we certainly see it here, is we have a large number of those that have an interest in, in livestock. They may think that being a veterinarian maybe is the only route in that because they're limited in scope coming through some of those programs. Even though there's lots of different exposure, they still get in their mind that maybe the veterinary side is, is kind of their route to be an ag, um, which it is for many. Uh, but then they come and it, once they uh, are in a, in an advanced degree and whether that's at a, a four, four year university, whether that's at a junior college, They probably start to understand the other opportunities that are involved in the ag industry. And and, and, and certainly, they may not all end up in livestock. There's a lot of other opportunities in ag business, ag econ, ag communications, go through the long list of horticulture, other things, but they got a little bit of a base of livestock or ag through their exposure and 4-H and FFA that opened their door, the doors, and especially not only them, but for their parents to see what those jobs may be.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things that um, I sometimes struggle with a little bit, and it, again, I had that same challenge too, coming from a, a show family background, is how do you make that transition a little bit? If if you know that you're not going to have a, a show animal business of your own when you leave, or maybe that will be your, you know, kind of side business. How do you help those individuals transition over to that bigger aspect of what the ag industry looks like? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the ag industry is what I've seen over the last 20 years that I've been here at K-State in particular is is the advancement or the, the opportunities of internships, the opportunities of undergraduate research, and that's across disciplines. That's just not animal science departments that's in horticulture agronomy other areas and so i I think that there's so much more potential exposure versus going through if they went on to school um, whether that's a trade school junior college or a four-year university what are those jobs and i think they're getting much more exposure through our introduction class introductory classes earlier on through our production classes. And certainly, as we talk about the internship side, it's just phenomenal the amount of opportunities that are out there that production companies or even local businesses and, and local swine producers even, you know, we probably used to term them um, summer help, right? Summer summer labor uh, to help, which they are. but they've actually put a more professional um, attitude in it and a professional approach. So while it's still a summer work experience in a lot of these cases, they're also very mindful that they're just not going to encourage people to come in the industry if they come in and all right, everybody has their list of the five things they don't like to do. So we're just going to give that to the intern that, that rarely happens anymore. Those the interns in, in any summer work experiences get involved in all aspects so that they can see the opportunities down the line. So I think that has been probably one of the largest changes in terms of just volume of numbers of opportunities. Um, and then I think the, the part that, that, that we find here in particular, I think specifically when it comes to the swine industry is educating the parents. Right, all parents want what's best for their kids, and that hasn't changed. but I would say even more is is the parents are further away from an agricultural background if their student if their kids are in that going into that field for higher education, they often do not know what these opportunities are. they just see pig industry, but they don't know the specific jobs and specifically what their son or daughter may be doing in those careers and so I think part of this education process is so they don't discourage their son or daughter from going into these fields but they have an understanding of how good the careers are what the pay opportunities what the longevity the job satisfaction that a lot of people that are in our industry have that their that their son or daughter can can be part of that as well cuz most of them just have no idea or very limited idea of what those opportunities are
2: mm-hmm. I think you bring up a good point. You know, I, I still joke today that there are jobs I'm still learning that exist out there that, you know, mm-hmm. I might've thought about 10, 20 years ago and and um, we're not necessarily exposed to them and, and you're absolutely right. So let's kind of go back to that 4-H, FFA age individual mm-hmm. and, and talk about how we get that exposure early on. Because honestly, I, I mean, I'll tell you growing up, the only thing I ever heard was, well, if you like animals, go be a vet. Right. And mm-hmm. or, you know, be a farmer. Those are the two options you had. And and obviously there was more out there even then. But, you know, how do we help get that information to people earlier before they come to college?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- one of the things is like with the county fairs coming up as a good example. You know, our our fair, we do uh, a number of other educational activities. You know, we have a skill a thon. So again, they're multi species, but almost every youth 4-H member exhibiting livestock, and, and many that aren't, because the four, their fellow friends grab them, and hey, we're going to do the livestock skill-a-thon. So they, they see different things, but in there, they learn about meats, they learn about some feed ID, they learn equipment, they learn reproduction. So all these different things, and I think just underlying, while we don't get into specific jobs, they start to understand some of the different dynamics that go on with livestock in particular. Stockman contests, you know, just kind of back to the quiz bowls. I mean, there's off all of those offer some different exposure. And then as we get into the jobs more specifically, you know, you almost have to have a little bit, you have to start getting into that late middle school, probably at the earliest get into high school. And that's where not, you know, 4-H, you know, still offers opportunities. Like in Kansas, we have a discovery days and it's a three-day event, the end of May, beginning of June on campus where it's a lot of career exploration of different different areas, Um, you know, you start to get into the FFA really takes hold at that point when students are enrolled in FFA. And again, it's encouraging those that, you know, FFA, you know, even in our chapter in Wamigo, there's about 85 students um, enrolled in in FFA. You could probably count on a hand and a half how many are from an ag production background. You know, most of them are are from, uh, you know, our town's only 4,700 people, but most of them are not from an ag background that are in the ag program and FFA. They start to see those jobs. And so I would say we almost do a little bit of a transition and and 4-H still is involved. But oftentimes we rely on the FFA side a little bit more for some of that career career opportunities through those classes. And you have a little more focused time with those high school students. And then through some of their advanced uh, leadership contests and, and, and things there too. But not, not that 4-H doesn't do that because they certainly do. But really when you get to high school, it's kind of a balance of both of those.
2: Mm-hmm. How about the parents? So you talked about the the youth, but how about the parents? How do we help kind of share that story before they start the college exploration paths? Is there anything we can do to help the parents maybe recognize some opportunities that are out there for their son or daughter?
0: Yeah. And that one gets, I'll be honest, is is probably more challenging. You know, we probably have, you know, we gear materials towards the youth, but honestly it's as much for the parents to read that same materials that may come out on different jobs. But a lot of times the materials they're getting are from universities such as Iowa state or K state talking about majors. And then, you know, then they list the types of jobs, but that probably still doesn't help get to the nuts and bolts of what those jobs are. Right. And oftentimes it takes them being in a major or having those conversations of people they know that are in those fields. I mean, I'll be honest, right now there's probably a gap, and this is probably the same with engineering, you know, dietetics, whatever it is. You have to know people in that field to really know what they do, or you see them in your community. And I think that's in particular important when we start to get into the county fair side are the local swine producers involved? Are they helping be the superintendents? Are they in the show ring helping check in and just run a sort of board to get pigs in? And oftentimes people think that, well, what does that mean? It means that people in the field are there and present. Oftentimes it isn't maybe just the full-blown conversation, but if we don't have a presence from our swine side in s- local swine events, because the days, you know, still there is counties and certainly in Iowa and other places that have still have county based uh, swine associations, but most of those have went away across the US. Again, we go back 40 years ago, almost every county, even in, K- in Kansas here, we had county swine associations, those really don't exist anymore, you know, we have our state associations, and then the producers that are members, but. But even how do we, we have to be present. And I would say if, if our swine industry is present, whether they're from a farm or whether they're from an allied industry, they may work in nutrition through a local feed supplier or they work through a, a, a commercial genetic company, um, equipment sales, whatever it is. If 4-H and FFA gave them an opportunity to be in a career because it gave them a start to that, we have a lot of people that understand that and want to do that. But we also have a lot of people that don't. You know, they stop giving of their a little limited time and everybody's busy and, but, but we got to understand presence is probably one of the most effective ways to encourage or to have people understand, Hey, these are professionals in the field and they're here and care about my son or daughter, or the youth program. I mean, I, I think that's as much as anything just to get the get conversation started.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great, great set of suggestions the other thing that pops into my head a lot, because um, I also have a high schooler that we're going through the whole career exploration is opportunities just to shadow people. You know, it, it's hard and you're absolutely right. A lot of it comes back to your contact, whether it's through church or a local um, civic group or whatever is who you know and and how you get those relationships. But I think if if producers and employers could potentially open up their doors a little bit to our youth and let them shadow for a day or two here and there, mm-hmm again, it, it's not the full career opportunity, but it at least gives them an idea of, hey, is this even something I really enjoy? Um, and I, I'm missing that piece a lot. And I don't know if that's something you think is feasible.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I would agree with that. And, you know, in our local community, they're between equipment dealers, and, and they do some of that. But I don't know how many you know, again, if you draw the circle, both of, of, of small producers or large producers, you know, we, we probably don't do a very good job of that or think about that. It's not that we're trying to ignore it, oftentimes they don't think about maybe the value if there is somebody interested in swine just to come out for a day. Great, because that's what they need is back to exposure. And we see this time and time again. And uh, before we started this call, Lori, you talked about a a student that kind of had an eye-opening experience on an internship. And we see that all the time here. Students that, again, they they had some ag background. They want to potentially be an ag, probably a veterinarian because that's their exposure or kind of what they saw as a path. They get on a commercial farm or they do. They get enrolled in our undergrad research class and they're doing a swine project. And all of a sudden, we have many examples of students that took that class, had no swine background, and have went through the graduate school either currently or formally and are in in the swine business. And and I think that just relates to just a door open while that was at a university setting. What would happen if that was in high school uh, just to start to get some of that exposure? And and we have, you know, there's lots of examples of in our area here around Manhattan of, of swine producers that hire high school students, hire college students to get some ex- work experience and then provides them with some valuable uh, chore labor as well. But those are things that we have to continue to, to look at. And one of the limitations that some employers put in, and, and I wouldn't dis- necessarily completely disagree, is just back. To the biosecurity side i know if we look at some of our production systems they don't allow their employees and then the youth to be around pigs and 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 i get that from a biosecurity standpoint there's also production systems that i know that not that they probably encourage it but they look for people, and they have a number of production managers, uh, wean-to-finish managers, growers that have 4-H animals that are involved in the National Junior Swine Association, involved in their state junior association, because they know they have the husbandry and livestock skills to be extremely good at their job in the commercial side. And so, I, you know, I see all sides of that, and I, I would not say anybody's right or wrong how they approach that. But oftentimes we, in our own egg side, we prevent those families and youth to be involved in the swine and obviously biosecurity, number one you know, thing that, that any swine producer, commercial producer is going to have on their mind. But where we find that balance and then if companies do that, how are they still supporting local youth and the fairs and all the things that, that encourage and, and have them viewed as a positive light and understand why?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I wrote a little note, biosecurity, when you were talking, Mm -hmm. and obviously that is a concern, but I was even thinking, you know, the local locker, um, how many clubs and groups have toured the local locker and talked to them about their business, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the local bank, if there's a lending officer there, or your, you know, USDA office. I mean, I think there's some other opportunities that maybe not necessarily on the farm that, that individuals can participate in and see some differences. And then like you said, maybe it's some bigger events, those that are more concerned about biosecurity rather than having people on their farm can attend and, and participate. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was my next note actually, was how do we support as, as producers, as farmers, as people involved in the ag industry what do you see are the needs for support for NJSA and 4-H and FFA? You know what? Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it time? Is it money? What? What is your thought?
0: It it, it just it depends on the goals of what that. Uh, person, how they want to support. I, I'd say it's both potentially, of of time and resources. And I I think it starts at the local level. I mean, we and you know my family, we we certainly um, one of the swine superintendents for our swine uh, show at our county fair in three weeks. And my two oldest children, uh, they're both junior superintendents and have been. So I get you know they get involved and want to help others. And you know and like I said, my oldest son James, uh, he actually just graduated. He'll be a freshman at K State next fall. I don't know, he's helping like 15 different uh, kids with their projects in our county this year. And Jenna's going out helping as well. And at the fair, they'll they'll be involved. And, and and that's really rewarding as a parent to see. But I think the impact there is they've had opportunities, not only locally, but we do state showing and, and at a national level as well and get exposure. And, and uh, you know, part of that, the reason they have is because I had that you know, background. Same with my wife. She was from a family farm, grew up showing 4-H pigs as well. And so that was something important for us. But for the other swine producers that maybe don't have grandkids or kids, you know, showing or part of it, it's just being present. I go back to, I think it's so important that it's just being present there and to have that conversation to help at our 4-H fairs to help our 4-H agents if there is some, you know, people that are needing help with the swine projects. Because a lot of times, you know, it's just like we had some, we had several new families in our county. They didn't know where to start. How many, how big does the pen need to be? What do I need to get for a water? What type of feed trough or how do I feed these pigs? What feed do I even need to get to feed? They they just don't know, but they want to learn and they want to get involved. And that's where our producers, or even if they're no longer in the business, if they're, you know, or if they're allied industry, those are easy questions that most people in the industry can help answer. Mm-hmm. And that by itself provides the such gratitude that somebody spent, you know, a lot of those conversations are 15, 20 minute conversations that they helped. Then certainly from a resource standpoint of support in local fairs, you know, premium sales, Um, You know, from a national standpoint and again up in the top corners of, of my picture for those that see it you know, um, you know, the National Junior Swine Board was uh, eight new members were or seven new members were just put in place for the National Junior Swine Association uh, Board of Directors. And um, fortunately, my son James was one of those. And there's, I know Jody Sturley's son Jackson's one currently. And, you know, it offers a lot of opportunities, but but there's a lot of state and local leadership as well. Many states have, have developed part of some of the show series, again, it's back to some of the shows, but but they have junior boards in Kansas. We have uh, an Eastern Kansas Swine Show uh, series, and it has a, a junior board we started about seven or eight years ago, and they take leadership at those individual events for educational activities. There is so many of those that, again, back to your question, how do people get involved? It's supporting those local leadership opportunities because then for those that choose to go in that, they got their toe in the water, actually probably their foot by now, and now it's what opportunities in the swine industry are the next steps. Oftentimes, we need the first step to get them involved, and that's where local people involved in the ag industry or swine can help with that. And then it's the next step. Hey, these pigs are pretty neat, right? They care for them. They want a little bit more. And then we can take them to the next step as they get a little older, as well as their parents help and understand what those jobs are. But certainly I go back, it's just presence and a little bit of time makes such a huge difference for these youth and particularly their parents, that are just so grateful that somebody will help them out because they just oftentimes don't know if they're just getting started.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great suggestions. What about our listeners who are international? They don't have the structured programs like the National Junior Mm -hmm. Swine Association or Future Farmers of America and 4-H. So how how do they get people involved in their communities and, and local areas? Do you have any suggestions for them?
0: yeah, I, I think it's really about the same. I mean, it's back to caring and back to intentional training or involvement with those youth. So if you know we use the swan, you know the show side is a means to get exposure. And when you don't have that to get exposure, you have to develop the other ways. And so again, it's it's back to, is there is there some youth that are have an interest or families you know that can shadow in a swine barn? Can shadow if you're in a professional, uh, if you're a nutritionist, geneticist, equipment supplier, name the field. Are you going to do a farm visit and, and can can those youth you know youth or two come with you that are potentially interested? And again, it's just back to that initial. Um, Hey, these are good careers. These are jobs I've had, and let's go and let's go explore some things I do on a daily basis. So I think that that does change regardless where we're at. Mm-hmm. And then is it encouraging them uh, for some additional training and what opportunities, depending on the country they're in, is that an advanced degree or is there some apprenticeship programs? Is there just direct work experiences going to a farm, um, helping get those doors open because oftentimes. Again, back to, you think the parents and youth that aren't involved in that industry, they don't know who to call. They don't know who to, how to get those opportunities. So you can really be a, an inner, you know, that person in between to help connect those that potentially have that interest with those that are actually have a, have a career or have a, you know, in the field.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think those are some great suggestions. And even one that popped into my head was, um, just assigning a pig in your barn. If you have a smaller barn, just assigning a pig mm-hmm. to a, a youth that's interested and in, right? That's the pig they care for throughout its phase of production. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe you pay the, the individual off at the end when they, the pig goes to market, you give them a portion of the earnings or, or maybe you mm-hmm. pay them regularly or, or it's just experience. Yeah. But right again, it's all about getting them in the barns and getting them comfortable with livestock, right? Whether it's pigs, cattle, whatever.
0: Right. And, you know, and there is some some, you know, in the U.S. and, uh, you know, have programs where they get donated a a, a sow, you know, a gilt, a ewe, a, a doe, you know, a heifer that one of their offspring then get donated. And it's very similar to the Heifer International Program, you know, that we use in a lot of uh, countries for development work. You know, it starts where somebody is given an animal, then they must donate, uh, you know, a reproductive um, a female off of that. Uh, whatever species it is to continue the chain. And, and those, again, if, if you take a step back, those are still very low cost ways to get somebody introduced uh, to a species, to a, to a pig or a heifer or goat or sheep, whatever it is. And, you know, and again, those are small investments up front. And once those kids, you know, we always talk about what's different in 4-H and FFA about livestock projects. You know, you know, we talk about the work ethic, responsibility. Well, you can develop a lot of that off of any project. But the clear difference is when you have a biological animal that depends on you for food and water each day, that's a whole different mindset because if, you know, at home, uh, they're working on lots of other projects for fair, but if they didn't get their bread baked today, we probably can still do it tomorrow, or if we don't finish a sewing project Uh, There's still a deadline, but we can cram at the end. That pig needs to be fed and watered this morning. It needs to make sure it's done at night. So just that whole responsibility change and when it's a live animal, you know that that just completely shifts the mindset, which I think then on that daily basis, daily exposure, either people decide they really like it and some decide, hey, I don't like this. And that's just as important, right? Uh, But for those that do, then we can spur them into those opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm. and even for those that don't right that's where maybe they're more in, in the ag business side where they're mm-hmm. still connected but in a different way right they they appreciate the boots on the ground and but yet can still mm-hmm. support and do other things and so i agree i think those are great opportunities and great ways to get people thinking and and started down the path of livestock agriculture
1: since 1971 zinpro has focused on improving the health and well-being of animals as the most research-proven organic feed trace mineral products in the industry, ZinPro Performance Minerals deliver performance and profitability to swine operations around the globe. To know more, go to ZinPro.com. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, ThePigSite.com.
2: Joel, our time is already wrapped up. We're, we're already out of time. And um, I'm not going to ask you the typical three questions that I ask our guest speakers, but Maybe just wrap up with a couple takeaways for today's audience just to, you know, think about and stew on if you don't mind.
0: Yeah. So I I just want to just reiterate that the value that each one of you that are listening can have in the life. Of, of, of spurring a potential career interest of, of our youth in, in the swine industry. Again, many of them don't have that background, but if, if, they, if they have, you know, to the local county fairs that are coming up or the different times of year that these activities are going in, supporting local 4-H clubs, supporting the FFA chapters, Getting some exposure to our industry to the youth and the parents is so important. And where does that spin off? You know, in our current graduate program here, we have 13 graduate students. Nine of them come from some sort of livestock showing background, and that is not intentional. We don't intentionally seek those out by any means because they're being trained in applied swine nutrition for jobs in the commercial industry. These aren't going back to raise show pigs, uh, but it gave them a it gave them an opportunity. To know they wanted a career in the swine industry and they're going to be great professionals that help all of us um, in that in our industry, and so it just it takes that initial step. And there's many of the listeners I know that, that do help in this area. If you have the opportunity and, and, and if, the, if these youth programs gave you uh, your advancement and in interest, you got to look in the mirror and realize that you, can, you are the perfect person to help somebody else uh, find that interest as well. We need lots of good people in our industry, and it all starts for a lot of them um, on our youth livestock programs.
2: Perfect. That was great great summary of of exactly what people can do to help get involved and get our youth active and and into livestock agriculture. So Joel, again, I wanna thank you for your time. And again, I wish you all the best with the rest of your day and the rest of your summer and certainly enjoy your fair time this year.
0: Well, you as well, Laura, enjoy it with your children as well.
2: Thank you.
1: Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of nutrition on this online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding by Dr. Marcio Gonsalves and his world-class invited swine nutritionists. Additionally, you will enjoy an exclusive community to network and exchange ideas. Go now to eliteswinenutritionist.com